Welcome to Self Love Ignited. My name is Katie Allen. I'm a certified health and life coach, and we are here to talk all things self love, self acceptance, body image, health, and total well being. You are going to hear from me, plus, you'll hear the stories of other women who have transformed this already. They have walked this path and they have really learned how to love and embrace all parts of themselves. We are here to help you be inspired, motivated, and to help you really transform your relationship with yourself to be a loving and positive force each and every day. This is so important so that you can really reach your big dreams, feel at home in your skin, be healthy on your terms, and live a big life. What are you waiting for? Let's get to it. On today's episode of Self Love Ignited, we have Lee Aunapu. Lee is a certified transformation coach, mentor, accredited journey practitioner, creative writer, podcast host, and workshop facilitator. She is helping women disconnected from their bodies and desires to become embodied electric women feeling bold and courageous. Lee was kind enough to come on and share her personal journey of learning to love her body, love who she is, take radical responsibility, all while dealing with alopecia and going completely bald in her early 30s. Lee, welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm so happy to be here. Hi. Um, so the best place to start, why don't you just take a moment and introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about you and who you are and what makes you unique. Oh, but well, what makes me unique? So let's start with that. I'm coming from a country of 1.3 million people. It's called Estonia, a small country in Northeast Europe, known for its startup scene. But yeah, today we're not going to talk about Estonia. <laughs> we talk about me. Um, but yeah, that definitely makes me unique. Another unique thing about me is that I don't have hair, actually. I'm bald and proud of it you know um, but I think we're gonna cover a little bit more later on as well but I it wasn't by choice so I actually lost my hair last year so it was very painful what makes me unique I think one of my unique superpowers is really you know creating space for people to open up so I'm a coach I'm a transformation coach and like yourself I'm all about self-love embodiment and lifting women up you know, showing that, showing them that they are so much stronger than they know themselves to be. And a big value of mine in life is freedom, authenticity, keeping it real. Yeah. And I also host women's circles. That's another passion of mine. So really work with women. I have a podcast as well, women's circles, one-on-one coaching programs, writing, being a creative person. So yeah. That's who I am. I love it. You've got so much going on. (laughs) So those actually, I'm not sure, but if you have heard about human design, but if you know, I'm a manifesting generator, which is all about doing millions of things at the same time. (laughs) So you're doing it right. You're right in there. I'm just like living living by my design. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So this podcast is all about self-love, right? So we really want to like tell stories and sort of inspire and motivate and like paint the picture because there's so many people out there who are really in this deep dark place and and uh you know they're not alone and I think that the more we as women just talk and open up and communicate like 
that's how that, that's like women's superpowers i think is is being real and connecting heart to heart and um yeah we can sort of all rise up together so um i would love to hear a little bit about you and your story now whether it is specifically about your body or your relationship with yourself whatever feels good sort of where did your challenges really begin Oh, I'm 33 years old. It's going to be a long, you know, talk now, <laughs> but I, I'll try to make it short. Um, maybe to start to really maybe understand where I'm coming from um, is to say that I've always been very ambitious. Like I always knew as a little child already, I wanted to be a writer. I wanted to be a director of a company, you know, I didn't even know what it means, but I knew I want to be like a boss, you know, and um, when I was 14, I decided that I want to become a journalist. And I really took that path very seriously. I was a published um, journalist already by the age of 16. And then I went to university. I graduated, you know, journalism studies. I got my M um, master's degree. And something really happened to me. You know, I really felt like I don't know anymore who I am, what I want to do. That's what I told myself. But now looking back with a very different awareness, I was scared. I was scared to really go full in because when I was a student, it was that safe story that, you know, I can still learn. I don't have to be ready. So that is one part of the, why I'm talking about it, because I think it's such an important part of self-love. And when we talk about perfectionism as well, we often think about, you know, doing your best and wanting the best grades and results and outcomes. But perfectionism also shows in a form of not being ready. And I see it with so many women. So, and that's like, like career path in my life, but a very big part was body love, like self image. Like as long as I remember myself, I always had very difficult relationship with my body. And I always thought that I'm, well, at some point I was too skinny. I wasn't feminine enough. Then I was like too big in my opinion, you know. I was, you know, not thin enough. And I can really say it's been like past five years maybe when I really healed my relationship with myself. I had massive emotional eating problems. Most people who know me are not even aware of it. They who were like my friends at the time. I was so scared to even eat in front of other people. If I would go to a coffee shop with my friends or cafe or, you know, like restaurant and would eat the meal and they would finish before me, I would also feel like I have to finish. Because I was so scared they will judge me. Oh, look at her. She's eating so much. So it was really, really complicated relationship that I had with myself. And it's actually crazy for me to even think now that I'm in a place where it doesn't show up in my life anymore, that it's actually possible to really love yourself the way you are. And I am not perfect, far from it. You know, I'm not perfect. And I, I guess life was giving me that new challenge last year when I lost my hair to alopecia, which is a autoimmune disease where your kind of body attacks your hair. So they fall out. Or who knows what's the reason? Nobody really knows. <laughs> That's one of the one of the yeah, I guess reasons they talk about. And that really showed me that although it was so challenging, it was one of the most transformative things in my life. I really saw that 
even that didn't take away my love for myself, like my self-love, that base was so steady. And this is what I want for every woman in this world to feel this way, that if everything's taken away from you, nobody can take away self-love from you. (laughs) I have like chills going up my spine. Absolutely. And like, it is so, I think you're absolutely right. It's so, it's such an inner strength that I think when you don't have it, you don't know what you don't have. And when you have it, like that shit's life changing. (laughs) It is. Absolutely. Yeah. So was the, so the alopecia, like, was that a brand new thing or was that something you'd had for a long time and it just sort of got worse? Yeah. So first time I had it was when I was 14 and the form of alopecia that I had is called alopecia arata, which means you lose hair in patches. So, and I was, I still had, I was still able to hide, you know, the bald spots. So when I went to school, nobody really knew about it, but it was very traumatic for me being 14, you know, like it's one of the most vulnerable ages, you know, a girl's life, at least for me was. And that was really stressful, but my hair grew back. So I was kind of thinking it was a teenage thing. I kind of didn't even think much about it. Um, but then I started having like bald patches every now and then again. But again, they were so small. I did not even think about it. I didn't even talk to my friends about it. Not that I was hiding, but it just wasn't important, you know. Um, and then it started, I guess, like two years ago. And then again, I was like, oh, my hair will grow back. But it just started to get worse and worse. And interesting part, like part of this journey was that until very late, like I still denied myself that this is going to happen. That was my way of kind of coping with it. I'm like, no, it can't be like, it's going to grow back. While I was really like suffering inside silently. And the biggest, the biggest turning point in my healing journey was when I kind of, I really, and I think why I'm also talking about it, you know, there most listeners can't resonate with hair loss, but they can resonate with, you know, so not accepting something about themselves. You all have something like that. Yeah. So the, the biggest step for me, the turning point, point first was awareness to really see the things for what they are, meaning um, to really see that, yeah, I'm going bald. Like this is really happening, yeah. you know, and really like, allow myself to fall deep into that hole where I'm like grieving my hair. And the second step was that I still had some hair left, right? But I could not go out anymore without scarf or hat. So it was really, maybe I had like 30% of my hair left, but I was still holding on to them. And then actually started with my partner who said like, shave it off and embrace it. And like that sentence really stayed with me. And then, yeah, we had like a shaving party with my partner and another good friend of mine. And uh, they shaved off my hair and my partner shaved off his hair as a support. It was such a beautiful, I would say like a ceremony really. And that day, like something big shifted. Of course, I had to, you know, I had all those challenges like walking to the local shop where everyone knows me. It's like, what happened to you? People say, oh, you, can I ask that? Uh, you sh- you're, you're not sick, right? You don't have cancer, mm. which is, of course, very sweet. You know, people were concerned. But it, take, it took so much courage to go out, you know, and, and because I decided I first want to go cold turkey. 
and I not wear a wig because I knew that I want to wear a wig when I have accepted myself the way I am. I still don't have a wig. Now I want to buy it for fun. But <laughs> I just felt like I need to do it this way. Everyone's journey is different, but I think that really, that really gave me strength to like take my power back. And I guess, again, for those listeners who are thinking about their life, you know, it's like, how can you make that difficult situation and turn it into your strength? So life happens. We cannot, we cannot uh, change our circumstances, but we do have power over how we want to feel about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You have such a beautiful, like you have so much wisdom and you can really tell that you have been through a lot and you've come out the other side, which is amazing. And I would just really love to know, like, what, how'd you get there? <laughs> like what, what helped you on that journey? So, um, you know, like, was there, like, did you work with a coach or with a counselor? Did you, were you like reading self-help books? Were you doing affirmations? Like what were the actual tangible things that you really brought into your life? So before the hair loss or when I was going through hair loss? Um, I would say, you know, cause you did suffer from like a really poor body image before. Yes. Yes. Right. And then the hair loss was almost like the cherry on top, so to speak. (laughs) It was. Yeah. So I would say sort of before, like, like the whole journey, the whole thing. I would say my, what I would call like a conscious journey where I really like realized that something needs to change started about seven years ago. And it started, like, I was not aware that I was unhappy. I woke up every morning, like I had anxiety or I had emptiness. I had constantly need to seek for something, travel, you know, traveling to places. I lived in Europe. I lived in Berlin at the time and it was really easy to travel. So I could just have like weekend getaways here and there, but there was consistent, like there was all the time this um, restlessness in me Mm. and always feeling I'm not enough. I'm not doing enough. But again, I, it wasn't, I wasn't so aware of it. I was, of course, aware of those feelings, but I wanted to suppress them, right? So I was using all the distractions. And a turning point started when I was working for a company in a personal development field. I did online marketing. And I went to the very first seminar that you know, I was working for them to check out what is it about. And I remember being there and thinking what the actual f you know because people were crying they were showing their emotions in public and i was like this is a cult you know (laughs) because i come from a background that you know you don't show this to people maybe with your friends but not in public like you do not uh, cry in public and you know falling apart there and it's like what's wrong with you but something shifted in me that seminar although was scared and i thought this is a cult perhaps i stayed open so number one step, I always, I'm very curious and that has helped me throughout my life. Always curious, always open, even though my mind is saying, oh, this is, I don't know, it's a bit weird, but I stay open. Uh, so I would say that's like number one thing. And, and after that, something really changed. I went to another seminar. I did like the whole, I studied with them like three years. I did the whole program. I became certified. And I still didn't know that I want to be doing it for others. I was certified, but I was thinking I'm doing it for myself. But of course, I always say coaching, I didn't choose to become a coach. Coaching chose me, you know? Yeah. yeah. But I would say that's, that's number one thing. But 
the biggest and another big thing is I've always, I guess I've always had the willingness to go deep. Um, because when things don't work in your life, you really need to be willing to look at the shadows as well, to really take that radical responsibility for your life, to see that you actually are the creator of your life. Even, even with the most painful things that are happening in your life, you created it. And that is actually, it is hard. It is hard to take that responsibility. And of course, I have topics in my life that I'm still working through, of course. And I always, con I always, always remind myself like, okay, how did you create it? You know, how can I take the responsibility for what is happening in my life? Because only then you can change. Yeah. But of course, I've done a lot of work on myself, different retreats. I went to India. Um, that was actually another beautiful turning point in my life because I went to a retreat in India and that was the retreat that I could say. So I married myself. <laughs> so I even bought a ring for myself. It was that retreat where I decided that I'm done with all those stories. I'm not loving myself. I'm not being enough. And I'm going to commit to myself. And I told myself the only person I ever need to get married to is myself. And funny enough, I met my current partner at this retreat as well. <laughs> so, you know, like that cliche, learn to love yourself first and then you will find is like, yep, that yep. somehow happened. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely love that. And it's, I love that you said that because I did, I was not at a retreat and I was not in India. But um, a couple of years ago, I bought a really beautiful ring so for years, I would not wear rings because I thought I had really fat hands. And I thought, I don't want anything shiny on them because it's going to attract attention, right? So I never wore jewelry on my hands. And I went down to the local crystal shop one day and there was this beautiful smoky quartz ring that was just like perfection, you know? And I just thought, I have to have that. And I bought it and it fit me perfectly. And I bought it. And that was, in a, I didn't have any ceremonies or anything, but in a similar way, that was me committing to myself that I was going to stop hiding. Right. And then I was just going to say, like, are my hands really fat? Maybe, maybe not. It doesn't matter. Mm, beautiful. Yeah. I, I, I love buying actually jewelry when, you know, I feel like or making a tattoo. Like I say only have one, but, you know, it's like something changes. I used to be, have piercings, you know, something changed. I'm like, I need a new piercing or <laughs> cut my hair. Well, now I'm like, yep, shave it off. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there is something about, you know, I, I do feel like we women, when something changes internally, want to change ex externally as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's totally true. Like I've, I'm so, and I think you're right. I think for most women, it's, it's our hair. Cause it's the most obvious thing. Absolutely. And for yeah. you, now that that option's been taken away, you're like, what are you going to do? You're going to get a big head tattoo or something? Yeah, well, I've been suggesting that, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm still considering that. You know? <laughs> well, now you have this beautiful canvas to work with. Yes, that's true. Yeah. It's very interesting you're saying about hair because hair is so powerful. It's, it is so important for women, you know, and that's what I was thinking when I lost my hair, you know, I, I feel like that, that girl in me died who was a people pleaser who still wanted to be liked by others. And like, I've always had long hair. I was very attached to my hair. I didn't even, I went to a hairdresser. I'm like, don't cut my dead ends too much. You know, I was like, I'd rather <laughs> walk around with my dead ends when I don't want to have short hair. So 
I think it's been one of the biggest gifts in my life, definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just to feel really free. Just, yeah. I would have never thought that I could feel this way without hair, so. Mm, that's such a beautiful yeah. perspective. Yeah. So when you were really struggling sort of with, you know, in that dark place with your body, feeling really like, you know, whether it's just really like I'm too fat or I'm too thin or my hair's falling out and what's happening to me. And, you know, you said you couldn't go out in public without covering your head for a really long time. When your body, when your body image was in that sort of dark place, did that impact your self image? Like, you know, if it was my, there's something wrong with my body, did that translate to there's something wrong with me as a person? Yeah, definitely. I think we can't separate them. I think we can't separate them and because you are, even though we have different roles to play in life and even though we, we do, you know, there's that person who maybe goes to the office, who is a business person, um, someone's girlfriend or wife or daughter. Of course, they are slightly different roles, but it's still one person, right? Yeah. It's still you. If there's an area in your life that's not working, you know, you are out of balance. Yeah. So definitely, it, it actually, especially the hair loss, um, of course, in previously as well, but as this was so recent, you know, I still have very clear memory of this. Like I, I actually definitely, it influenced my ability to even work, you know, to really show up as, as I am today, you know, to share my message and be courageous. So it was a major one. And it was also one of the reasons when I knew that I have to take my power back. So there's no way I'm going to hide myself. There's no way I'm going to hide that I'm going to make that suffering last even longer. And that's another thing for listeners, you know, to maybe really pay attention to is we actually have the power over, do we want to suffer? Life is painful, sure. You know, it is not walk in the park every day. All kind of things happen, but we don't have to suffer. And that's what I felt. Every day I had shower, I saw more and more hair falling out. And I'm like, the suffering was real. The pain was real. So I was like, you know what? I, I'm gonna, you know, just make peace with it. And to be honest, when I shaved off the last bits of my hair, I still thought, ah, oh, maybe next month my hair will grow back. <laughs> but well, here I am, and nothing's growing. <laughs> so <laughs> sometimes we need to take that leap of faith, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that leap of faith in ourselves and our abilities to sort of rise above whatever's coming at us, yeah. you know? And you touched on before taking responsibility like taking responsibility both for our situation, but like you just said, taking responsibility for our suffering in a lot of ways, because that's our mindset. And I think so many people, there's a lot of people in this world who really like being the victim because it's the, it's the easy way out, right? Point the finger at somebody else's fault. Somebody made me do this or feel this or think this. And, and I know for me, a big part of this journey was actually standing up and saying, I'm responsible for my thoughts, for my feelings, for my emotions. And no matter what anybody else does, I get the final say, you know? And like, that's not easy, right? Like saying, saying it is easy, doing it is really freaking hard, it's but, hard. but it's like, it's the real deal. I'm like, that's what's really gonna make a big change too, right? And that's why I am so, passion about embodiment. So my whole work is about embodiment, meaning practicing what we talk about. Because I feel these days, you know, 
there's so we there's so much knowledge out there it's even too much right we need to kind of know like what to really believe listen to our intuition what to take on board embodiment is the key and that's why i i'm sure like you also come across a lot of women who just you know maybe talk about being courageous or or just posting on instagram you know face your fears but when life gives us an opportunity to really embody that are you taking that opportunity or are you just talking about it stalking is not gonna get us to far you know Absolutely. and that's what i'm constantly reminding myself as well embodiment practicing knowledge itself has no power knowledge is important to you know really give context and and uh, awareness but step further is really the embodiment doing the work and yeah, yeah it takes courage absolutely yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So this whole journey that you've been on for really learning to love yourself and accept yourself and accept your body and, you know, all of that, how has that influenced you or how did that really lead you into um, entrepreneurship? Mm. Actually, before I answer that question, I just wanted to share something, you know, uh, because the, the self-love journey continues always, right? And I was just sharing with someone, um, my client actually, and she laughed so much. But um, that was maybe two months ago. No, that wasn't two months ago. That was maybe even like four months ago or something. And so I've been doing pole dancing. It's like a new hobby of mine. I'm really like a beginner, but you know, I'm really committed. <laughs> and I just noticed that I often went with uh, like a long shirt, short um, shirt and not because in pole dancing you actually do want to wear very like not many clothes because the grip is better so it's actually there for a reason not only to look sexy you know yeah. so mm -hmm. um and i often went with those long shirts and i'm like hmm i would love to have like a crop top because it's just more practical and you know it was hot there as well and i saw my old limitations showing up oh me but you know i don't have abs like i can't really like how, how i'm gonna go in a crop top and i'm like lee what the hell walk your talk <laughs> that day i put on a crop top and i felt amazing you know i felt amazing i was crawling on the floor <laughs> <laughs> definitely not abs you know more like body rolls tummy rolls and i felt so good and so liberated and why i'm talking about it because even though we might feel like yeah i've done the work limitations can still show up so it's, it again takes awareness to really catch yourself when you want to play it small, you know, and then just do the opposite. Um, but now to answer your question, um, I kind of forgot what you asked. <laughs> <laughs> I love that story, by the way. I have taken a total of one pole dancing lesson in my life and it was so much harder. So like serious props to you because that is a, that like, Holy crap, man. It's painful as well. <laughs> yeah. oh my God, I know. The bruise is all over my body. I'm just like, no one's speeding me up, you know, when I walk on the street. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, I asked you how this journey, the self-love journey has led to your entrepreneurship. Oh, yeah. You know what's interesting? I know, so you sent me a few questions before the podcast, right? Which I just, uh, you know, skimmed through, but... One question that I really liked, and maybe you wanted to ask me that, but I'm going to just like jump to it already. But I like that you, you asked if the word self-love resonates with me, yes. right? 
And it does resonate with me, but I know it doesn't resonate with a lot of women because they think it's fluffy, it's something for teenagers, or self-love is only about body love and image, right? But self-love is, it can go so much deeper, right? So for those, those women who can't resonate or don't resonate with uh, self-love, I'd recommend to think about word permission, because this is what I see often, um, giving yourself permission to show up now without being ready, without feeling like you're ready. And why I'm talking about it, because that was a major step starting my own coaching business, giving myself permission to do it. So I started, I had been doing coaching and healing work for the past seven years when I was in training, right? Doing one-on-one work with people uh, when I was uh, getting my certification. But officially I launched my business three years ago and it was about, you know, I... So I had just moved to Sydney. As you can hear, I'm not a native speaker. And that was a major block for me. I was like, I have an accent. My English is not perfect. I would often listen to my videos and I'm like, my God, this article is wrong. I should have used, I forgot, like it's a wrong grammar, you know, in my posts or whatever. And I was like very, like beating myself up for it. But then at some point I was like, do I wait until I'm going to be perfect? Or do I have an important message to share with people? You know, do I allow my perfectionism to hold myself back? And no one ever told me that, Lee, I cannot understand what you're saying. Only my friends when they make fun of me. <laughs> but nobody really ever decided not to work with me because of my accent. And if those people exist, like, do I really want to work with someone like that? You know? No. But it's definitely self-love was such a big part of it. Giving myself permission to show up. And it's continuously like that. Showing up before I feel I'm ready. Taking that next step. So yeah, self-love and yeah, directly impacts that. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. When you were at the beginning of this journey, like if you can remember back, I know it can be hard sometimes. Did you identify with self-love then or was it more like a self-acceptance or self-appreciation? Do you remember? I think one word that I, it was more about confidence for me. I Mm. think confidence was one of the words. And I think a lot of women do resonate with confidence while what they really need is self-love. Yeah. I say confidence is more maybe that surface level thing like how do we appear how do we seem more confident but i feel when we truly accept ourselves that's when that need to look more confident falls away because we will become naturally confident that's when that imposter syndrome falls away Mm, absolutely absolutely and as you have gone on this journey and really learned to love yourself and like your love for yourself is freaking intense. I love it. Um, <laughs> how has that impacted your own like mental and emotional well-being? like just on a regular daily level? Like what differences have you noticed? Such a huge difference, such a huge difference. So obviously those of you, I mean, I guess listeners, they don't know me, of course, but you understand where I'm coming from. For me to even think about that I would so openly talk about my journey, 
it's just crazy for me because I was often hiding, not consciously, of course, but I've been very close down. Like even with a lot of my friends, they didn't even know what was going on in my life. Not because I was hiding it from them, but I, it was too shameful for me to even share it, to even admit it to myself. So to be in this place right now where I can really talk so openly about it, I can talk about my flaws openly. I can, I can say that I am a work in progress and I will always be, I'll never be ready, you know? That is a big thing for me. And what it means to my mental and emotional well-being, peace of mind. So the very first the same seminar where I went to, where I was like, this is a cult. <laughs> I remember <laughs> the very first time I was meditating as well and my body was hurting the whole time. I'm like, run, I hate this boring, you know, why did I come here? But you know, the other part of me, which was like, oh, stay open, you know, stay open. They asked, what is your intention? What is your deepest heart's desire? And three words came to me peace of mind and this is something big for me that that's that's what i feel like this journey has given me to be in a place where i feel peaceful you know no need to show like kind of um prove myself to others or wear a mask mask is another thing that i think we we, we everyone we just have too many masks right and that's that is exhausting it is exhausting to try to be, pretend that you are someone that you are not. Yeah. And like for me, for example, was always that image of me being happy, happy-go-lucky. I was the one who had no problems because when I showed up, I was always happy. But again, what it takes away from you, if you're not showing your friends the real you, there's no real connection. Yeah. It's just one part of you. And I still am that person, that energetic person, but I'm more than that. I'm also someone who, you know, has sadness inside her or can get pissed off or fired up about things or who can feel depressed. Yeah. And as you've, I'm just, I hope it's okay I ask this, I didn't warn you, but <laughs> I just, it's bringing things up about me. It's really, because I'm hearing you say, you know, you have, it's, it's, I love that, like, not just being happy. I was also totally, and I was, I was always that happy smile, like, and I think same as you, that's kind of my nature. Like I am just naturally a happy smiling person most of the time, but there is sadness, there is anger. Like I'm also a human being. And I remember with my, um, my partner, we've been together about four and a half years now. And I remember back at the beginning, like, having yeah I was having a bad day one time and I expressed whatever it was and it wasn't happiness and I just remember him being so taken aback and I was like I'm allowed to be angry I'm allowed to be sad I'm allowed to be frustrated and it was it it took a while and it's still shaky from you know from time to time it took a long time for him to sort of understand that how has this journey affected your relationship with your partner my god well <laughs> this is such a good question um, I was that person. So my first relationship started when I was 16 and a lot, like I haven't been single a lot in my life. I've been in long-term relationships and that was one of the ways for me to also looking for love outside of myself, right? I needed someone, I needed someone to give that to me. 
Well, nobody could give that to me because I wasn't giving it to myself. So with my current partner, it's been a very different journey because as I said, I met him at this retreat. I already was very different. Our relationship was honest from day one. There was no games. There was no, you know, do you like me? Do you not like me? He knew, he knew where I was at. I knew where he was at. And I think that's one of the reasons why we have that deep connection because we have never hidden those dark sides about ourselves. Like he, he, he has seen all kinds of sides of me. But actually this question is interesting because with my previous partner, I remember outside I had this, I was that happy-go-lucky person, the most joyous, but at home I could be a drama queen. That's when all of those emotions were coming out. And he used to say, I never knew what I get when I come home. You know, will I be happy or will I be like crying in the, in, on the edge of a nervous breakdown kind of. So that I, I'm, I'm sure it was very exhausting for him. Right. And I think when you accept, you know, all parts of you, like those parts of you that you rather hide away from, meaning that drama queen, that emotional being or whatever, your partner will also accept you for that. Because I think if we accept this in us, it's the same thing I accept being bald, right? But if I would walk around being ashamed of myself, that's what the world will reflect back to me. Yeah. And right now that's not the case. I get compliments, you know? And I'm sure someone thinks like, oh, why did she do that? Because, you know, they don't know that I, I'm sick or whatever. Not sick, that I lost my hair due, you know, illness. But um, I think it's really about like owning all parts of you. And that's, that's going to show up in your relationship as well. Did, yeah. did that answer your question? Actually? Yeah, 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 it did. It did. And I, and I think to like, just to sort of mirror that back to you, I think you're right. Like when we really accept ourselves, it shows up in our relationships. And because I think when you accept yourself, you accept other people a lot easier too. You know, it's like, I see my flaws, I see the good stuff, I see the bad stuff, and I also see my partner's good stuff and bad stuff. And I love him anyway, not because of or in spite of, but I just love him as a person for all of it. I think that's, yeah, it's easier, I think, when we start with ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Um, So if there was, uh, I feel, I would love to talk to you forever, but I don't want this to go on too long. If there was one thing that you would recommend for our listeners to do, you know, somebody who's at the beginning of this journey, maybe feeling a little bit lost, maybe having a pretty negative relationship with themselves or their bodies, is there one practice or one suggestion you would have for them to implement to get it started? You know, this is maybe, maybe comes as a surprise. So I personally don't believe in affirmations. Like I don't believe in standing in front of the mirror and saying, I'm beautiful, I'm beautiful, I'm beautiful. Because if we haven't really cleared out the root cause of why we're not feeling like that, it's not going to work. So what I'm going to suggest, and this is again a big part of my work, it's getting really comfortable with your own emotions. And it's again, one of those things that is so easy to say, but it's difficult to do. When we have those moments when we feel, I'm not feeling good. I don't like the way I look. Oh, 
I'm not enough or why the hell did I do that again? Or whatever is that internal dialogue. How about you sit down without trying to run away from this? And you can do a simple thing as closing your eyes, do a very short body scan. It's like, what am I feeling in my body? And maybe sometimes there's numbness, there's nothing there. Okay, that's fine, let the numbness be here. And just scan your body. Because what happens, the healing is in the body. It's not in the mind. Mindset, of course, is part of it. But the true healing starts from the body. That's why you can say all the things to yourself. I'm confident, you know, even, even stand taller or whatever. But if your body doesn't believe that, that's not going to change anything. And that's like my, really the basis of all my work is embodiment, meaning practicing what we talk about and walking your talk but it's also body, right? Embodiment, so being in the body. Because I feel today's women are disconnected from their bodies and it's one of the biggest reasons why we don't love our bodies. Yeah. Oh, I would love to give so many tips actually. So many <laughs> but yeah, okay, let's stay with that because it's about, like I say, practicing that, you know, not just being inspired, listening to this conversation, but yeah, taking action on this. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what we will do, um, I'm going to have all your links and everything in the show notes because I am curious what else you have to say. And I'm sure some of the listeners are too. So um, is there one place that is best for listeners to connect with you? I love Instagram, actually. Of course, on my, on my website, you can also, I have a blog and podcast and all of those things. But I think Instagram is like where I'm really sharing the most stuff. So Cool. My Instagram is Liaunapu, so L-Y-A-U-N-A-P-U. Okay. Follow me. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. I'll make sure to have that in there. Okay. Thank you so much for being here, Lee. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. If you would like to get in touch with Lee, find out more about the amazing work she does, or as requested, follow her on Instagram, jump on down to the show notes. All of the links are there. Have a beautiful day. Here is to loving who you are and embracing all parts of what make you unique. Mm-hmm.